Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Welcome to episode 24 of the Build My Online Store podcast. I'm your host, Terry. And today I've got a special guest, John Jonas from Replace Myself, uh, where he's going to talk about how to replace yourself in your business by outsourcing. And so outsourcing seemed like a big black box to me, uh, kind of just handing off parts of your business or tasks to everyone else. It just seemed kind of, kind of hard to believe. And so uh, we go into kind of how you get started, uh, the different types of outsourcing, and we go deeper into ha- actually hiring a full-time virtual assistant. And so the logistics of hiring, training, uh, paying one, that's something uh, that we'll be talking about. And so before we start, some news about the show. Uh, we'll be having our live webinar on Tuesday, December 18th, 2 p.m. Eastern. And so um, it's with Andrew from episode 14 at ecommercefuel.com. And it's for people just getting into e-commerce who need help finding an idea and kind of vetting their idea to see if there's market potential. And so uh, the format will be 30 minutes presentation with 15 minutes of Q&A and look forward to seeing everyone there. I'll be sending out the link through the email list and on the website uh, later today. So uh, we'll see everyone there. All right, before we start the show, we have another five-star iTunes review from Customize Yuri. A uh, worthwhile listen to anybody looking to break into the online marketplace. I set out a couple months ago to find a quality podcast that would provide valuable information for a beginner looking to break into the e-commerce industry and found Build My Online Store. So glad I did. The information that is uncovered during Terry's interviews is invaluable to a beginner such as myself. It has really helped point me in the right direction as, and has given me inspiration and guidance in what it takes to develop my own e-commerce store, which is what I'm now doing. Great stuff. Keep up the good work. Awesome. I love hearing feedback like this. All right, let's get into today's show. Today I have John Jonas from Replace Myself, where we're going to go over some outsourcing 101 basic concepts. What's up, John? Good, how are you? Let's just start off on the top then. So, you know, how did you find yourself in the whole outsourcing world before this? Okay, so how I got into the whole outsourcing thing to start with. A couple years ago, I was, this is probably over seven years ago now, I guess, not a couple, but I was running a couple different things in my own business and internet business. And I I was talking with the guy that owns backcountry.com. And they're the largest online retailer of outdoor gear. And he was doing some side projects that were pretty similar to what I was doing. And he says to me, when you're ready to start outsourcing this stuff, make sure you go to the Philippines with it. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Why? And he says, well, because in India, when you tell them something and they say yes, that means, yes, I heard something come out of your mouth. It doesn't mean, yes, I understood what you said. And yeah, that's that's my reaction. Like, huh. Because I had always just assumed outsourcing is outsourcing. You know, you have these major problems and, you know, there's only certain work you can get done and there's certain things they can do and, and there's certain things you can't. It was kind of an interesting thing to hear that from him. And then we, we went and talked a little bit more about it. And that was what caused me to start doing what I'm doing. And, and I think, you know, people that read the 4-Hour Workweek, it makes it sound like you just hire someone and you start giving them all these tasks and your life suddenly becomes easier, right? I mean, what Tim talks about in the 4-Hour Workweek is 
is quite a bit different than what I do, where Tim, and I actually had this conversation with someone the other day, what Tim suggests is hire a company who has multiple people that can do things for you. I want this task done, find someone who can do it for me, I don't really care how much it costs, just get this task done, which is a way of of doing it. But you're very, very limited in what you can do that way, you know, like getting customer support done like that is is hard unless your customer support is always the exact same thing and there's no thought in it at all. Or there's no extra knowledge involved where, oh, this customer returned this thing, click this button and click this button and that's it, done. What Tim talks about, they don't work for you. They work for someone else. And they just happen to be tasked with something for your business and maybe it works out and maybe it doesn't. But, but before we get into it, what types of outsourcing agreements are there in the market right now? The traditional outsourcing is you find a company who's going to do everything for you. It's like a done-for-you service. And this is what people have done for years and years and like big business. They, we want to outsource our manufacturing. And they find a manufacturing place in China and say, we want this done and the people in China take care of everything and they ship it to you. You know, like a done for you service or for like online services, they're like SEO. You could just pay a company and they'll do your SEO and you just say, do my SEO and that's it. Then kind of a step away from that is like Elance Odesk, where you're hiring a contract worker on a per project basis. So you have some input into what they're doing. You have some input on how they do it, kind of. And you say, I need this done, and what's it gonna cost? And they tell you what it's gonna cost, and then they do the project, and then when when you're done, there's no further obligation. Neither, neither of you have any obligation to each other, which has good and bad, as like, good of that means you have short-term obligation. If you get it done correctly, awesome, you're done, and you know no more financial obligation there, awesome. If it doesn't get done correctly, then they have no more obligation to you because you've already paid them and now you need to get it fixed, you have to go through the entire process again. I guess the biggest one that I see where people struggle with this is in software, where you hire someone to make a change or to build some software for you and then and then you pay them because it looks like it's done and then either it's done or it's not. But either way, you realize, oh, I need this change made. Then you have to go back through the entire process of finding someone to do it because that person from Elance or Odesk is now working for someone else. They're, you know, they're other project. I've I've been through this. <laughs> I've been through this clearly numerous times. Um, where you know I had tried to tried to use Elance and Odesk to to get numerous things done, and in the end, it you can definitely get work done. It's just hard to run a long term business like that. Like the definition of of Elance and Odesk is 100% turnover. They're contract workers. They don't, you know, they're not there next week or next month. That's that's the definition of, of using that site. It's 100% turnover. And, and you know, you can get great stuff done, like a one-off thing. And Yeah, but I guess if you knew exactly what you needed for a big software project, it would make sense, right? Instead of... Well, uh, to a certain point. So with software and with websites, you know, either they change and evolve or they die. You know, like you think about any software, think about a piece of software that was written in the 90s. Is it still around today if it hasn't changed and evolved? No. Or software that was written in 2005. Like if a piece of software was written in 2005, do you want to use it? No. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right. So, it, you know, in terms of like, you know exactly what you want. Well, exactly what you want changes over time and it has to change or it becomes outdated. I actually graduated from college in computer science and 
spent some time in this. And that's kind of why I have this, this view, because I've, I've been through that development cycle numerous times where it's like, oh, we know exactly what we want and this is what we're going to do. And oh, wait a minute, it, it needs to change. Oh, it's exactly right. Oh, hey, we need to add these features. <laughs> yeah. you know, so. so And also moving on, there's also the kind of like the VA style. So that was, that was kind of what I got into like seven years ago was we call virtual assistants. And what I've found is they, if you do it right, they can be way more than just assistants. And this is what, when I was talking to that guy and he told me to go to the Philippines, he actually sent me a reference to where I could hire a full-time person in the Philippines, uh, not just you know a contract worker, but I could hire a full-time person and have them work in my business every day forever. And um, So what kind of tasks are they doing? Are they doing like pretty entry-level stuff or do you kind of train them? up as you go along. So let me tell you a quick story and this will answer this question and a whole bunch of other questions. Two quick stories. The first, the first person I ever hired, I remember, you know, I talked to that guy and I debated and went back and forth for a couple months of whether or not I could keep someone busy full time or whether or not it, they could do as good of work as I was. So the first person I ever hired was a programmer. I was a programmer and, and, and I hired, I ended up taking a leap after a couple of months, like figuring, you know what, I can probably keep him busy. I don't know if he can do as good of work as I can. In the end, I hired this guy and it was the single most liberating experience of my life. He's as good of a programmer as I was. Today, that dude, I would put him up against any programmer in the world in terms of his skill level. He is unbelievable. And at the time, I didn't know this, but his blog was a page rank six. He had written some WordPress plugins that thousands and thousands of people were using. Like super, super, super talented. This is kind of an aside from that story. I had hired him through an agency, which I know you had asked you, in, in the questions you had prepared ahead of time, agencies. So I had hired this guy through an agency because it was the only thing I knew at the time. It was the only way I knew you could. I was paying them $750 a month and he is working full-time for me. 750 bucks a month, this unbelievably good programmer is working full-time for me. And what I didn't know at the time was they're paying him $250 a month. $250 a month full-time, and the guy is unbelievably good. With him, I got pretty lucky because uh, you're going to have a really hard time finding an amazing programmer like that for $250 a month. In the last seven years, you know, the, the, the world has evolved enough and has become more flat to where if someone's that good, they have more opportunities than what he had at the time. So, so how has the market changed since seven years ago? They just have more opportunities. The better they are, they have more opportunities to go and work abroad, which is what he eventually did. He, he eventually got a job. Eventually, I was paying him $500 a month. He, he had quit the agency. And when he quit, I told him, absolutely not. You cannot quit me. He said, well, I can't anymore for this uh, with this company they had some office politics and so i told him look if if you leave i'll double your he had sent me his 30-day notice and and i said i'll double your salary i'll pay you i'll pay you 500 a month he left the next day and, and i told him no you, you have to wait your 30 days you know this is part of this the agency agreement and the, the market the market has changed somewhat but really in just in terms of opportunity because he eventually went on and got a job in Singapore making $2,500 a month. Today, I think he's making like $4,000 a month because the guy is just unbelievably good. So $60,000 a year, he is a, a CIO. If he lived in the US, that's the caliber he is. He's unbelievable. So, so I guess these, these guys really, they can just start their own shop too in this day and age, right? Whereas seven years ago, they were kind of still learning the ropes of the whole game, I guess. Okay, so let me tell you this other story and, and that'll change like the idea of these guys can start their own shop. Yes, they could. Here's the other story of, 
of what do they, what kind of, what do they do for you? A couple of years ago, I started another business. I learned some stuff about how good these guys were. Cause I, I didn't really understand how good they were in the Philippines and, and I didn't know what was possible. So I, I decided to take it to try and see what's possible here. Like, can I really, can they really do these thought tasks? And so I had this other guy that was working for me and, and basically all he did was speak English and that was it. He didn't, he didn't really have many skills. So I'm, I, I'm taking this to the extreme that I can imagine. I've trained this guy some stuff, but he, he told me, and I didn't know this at the time, but when I hired this guy, he didn't know anything. Like the only thing he knew was English. So here's, here's the story. I, I'm going to start an, another business writing reviews about products. And it's pretty simple. We're going to write reviews. We're going to post them on our website. We're going to get traffic. We're going to uh, have affiliate links on each review. And we are going to you know, people, people like the review, they like the product, they click the affiliate link, we get, they buy the product, we get paid. Pretty simple. So I, I buy a domain and I recorded myself talking for 45 minutes explaining this entire business model. Like, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's why we're going to do it. Here are the processes that we need to succeed with this. Here's how I want the website to look. Here's how I envision the whole thing. And here are the steps to take to get us there. And I send it to this guy in the Philippines and he takes the domain and sets it up on my website, on my hosting account. Not on my website, on my hosting account. He sets up the website. He sets up WordPress on it and starts changing the theme according as I've described in, in this audio. And he sends it back to me and it wasn't very good. Part of the answer to your question was, I worked with him to get it looking how I wanted it. Um, we had to go back and forth for probably about a week of, of me giving him feedback and him making changes to the point where we got it correct. So the point is in this isn't, I didn't do anything. He had all the skills up front. It was the point is I didn't do the work. He did the work of this and I just told him what I wanted done and he and because it was so affordable, I could I could afford to have him learn how to deal with this. And at the time I was doing this, this is probably 18 months into having started hiring VAs and I probably had 3 working for me. You know that that full-time programmer that I told you about before, this guy and another guy. So then this guy goes out and he starts writing the reviews as I've described in that initial audio. And he sent it back to me the first time and the first review he wrote was terrible. And I realized then that I, you know what, I have to do a lot more upfront work with this in order to get the back end benefit. So like I had to go and create a whole structure around how we write these reviews. And and we worked through it for about a week and we got the review right. And, and since then, he I've never had to deal with another review again. And we've done hundreds and hundreds of reviews and they're helpful and they're well-written and they're well-researched. And if you came across one of these reviews, you would read it and say, that was a good review. You know, whether whether it was positive or not, it was a it was a well-done review and, and helpful. And so I'm getting, the lesson is, so I guess make like a SOP for all your VAs, right? Is that... The lesson I'm picking up, right? It's SOP. Sorry. <laughs> oh, like standard operating procedure. Like you give them like a list of this is how you do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's right. You have to train them on stuff. In in the Philippines, they don't have the educated workforce that we have here in the U.S. So I hired this guy. He's making two hundred and fifty dollars a month full time, and he doesn't know how to do this stuff. But I'm willing to teach him, and he's willing to do the work, and he's willing to do it really, really well. So this goes beyond that. After he writes these reviews, he starts doing the marketing. And, and, and again, I kind of teach him how to do the marketing. And so he's, he's doing SEO, he's doing link building, he's doing article marketing and video marketing, he's doing Facebook and Squidoo and Twitter. And, and at the time he was doing MySpace and he sets up the AdWords campaign and follows it through until it's profitable. And, you know, so he's doing all of the stuff you hear about that you should be doing, but there's, for most entrepreneurs, there's not enough time in the day to get everything done. Well, now I was doing all those things. Just, I wasn't doing it. I was just teaching him how to do it. 
Wow. And this was only for $250 a month? $250 a month in the first month made me about $200. Within three months, it's making me about $1,000 a month. Within six months, it was making three to $5,000 a month. Within a year, that business was making me ten dollars to $15,000 a month. Again, I didn't do the work. And, and I know those numbers sound just crazy, but it's, it's amazing how different business becomes when you can work on your business and not in your business because I had always been working in my business. And now, like I told you before, I was seeing how far can I take this outsourcing thing? Like what's possible here where I had set it up where I was the CEO and I was going to run the business and not do the work in the business. And I didn't do the work. I had him do all the work. I just gave him direction and I gave him a lot of feedback. And, and you know, he didn't do everything right the first time. And how long did it take for him to kind of uh, go from scratch to where you wanted him to be. You know, he's still not where I want him to be. And he, I've, he's been working for me for about seven years today, but he's unbelievably good. That particular guy's English isn't wonderful. It's it's pretty good, but it's not perfect. And so I've, I've asked him to learn better English and he's doing it, which is awesome. Now I have, I have, I have other people that speak perfect, perfect English. Uh, I have a girl that makes phone calls to US customers that if you got a phone call from her, you would not know that she wasn't in the US. You'd probably know that she wasn't born here. A slight accent, but her English is perfect. And she's polite and helpful and, and she can answer your questions. And if she, she'll tell you, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm gonna find out and I'll let you know. And so does it make sense for everyone to kind of take this model of like a full-time VA, you know, training from the ground up, really molding them into your business? You know. It doesn't make sense for everyone. You know, there, there are certain things that this that this works for and certain things this doesn't. Um, for what, what I've found is if you're willing to spend some time with them and provide feedback and provide training, then over time you can teach them everything about your business. So in terms of like, should everyone do this? Different people, what I've seen over the years is different people work differently. Different people have different comfort levels. Different people have different risk levels. Um, People have different tolerances for working more or less. For me, I have very little tolerance for doing something more than once. If, if you don't have any tolerance for doing stuff more than once, hiring a contract worker, not a very good way to go because you're gonna end up doing it again. Where that, That's a great way to, to have someone in the Philippines full-time doing it for you, teach them once and then and then you never have to deal with it again. Another, another situation where this is not the best is where you don't know anything about what you're doing. Like you don't, you have no idea how to market online or you have no idea how to build a website. You have no idea how to do, how to manage a programmer. Then maybe you just want to go to a contract worker until you have a better idea. Because with this, it requires you to have some knowledge. Let's take an e-commerce example of this. You know, you're, let's say you're using Magento or, you know, whatever shopping cart you're using. If you want a customization made to that, if you have no clue about it, how do you go and hire someone? You know, what skill set do you go and look for? Finding a, a permanent person, if you have no idea about it. You can go to Odesk or Elance and say, oh, I need some customization made to my Magento thing. Tell me how to do it, which is, that, that's kind of the difference. With a contract worker, you say, tell me how to do this, I have no idea. Where with a full-time VA, you can say, here's how I want this done, because you have some you have some idea about it. Oh, I see, I see. So it's I guess it's a different angle of attacking the same problem, right? Could be, yeah, based, based on your knowledge and your willingness to put in a little bit of effort, and then also based on your tolerance for long-term change. Contract work is almost always short-term. You hire an expert short-term and then uh, long term, it, maybe you don't need that expert and then contract work is really great. Long term VAs in the Philippines are, can or in my opinion should be long term at the, the cost effectiveness of it. I see. And so what makes Philippine uh, VAs different from say like guys in India or maybe some even like in Indonesia? 
Here's what I've seen. And, and what I tell people is go to the Philippines with this. Don't go to South, South America. Don't go to Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe has some very talented technical people and designers, and that's okay. The reality is that the Philippines has this really, really unique set of cultural differences that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. And it's not like one or two of these things don't exist anywhere else. They all exist. It's just the combination of all of these things that really, really makes this different. A, a couple of those things include uh, English is a primary language in the Philippines. It's not like you went to school to learn English. School is taught in English. Elementary school is taught in English most of the time in the Philippines. Street signs are in English. Um, billboards are English. Television is American TV in the Philippines. They're very, very westernized, which is a really big deal. And that's very different than a lot of the other places that we try and outsource. A second thing with the Philippines is, well, there's a couple things. They're very honest. You know, not not everyone, but culturally you'll find they're honest when you hire them and, and you'll see this. My guys have my credit cards. They have my access to my bank account. They have username and passwords to my personal email account, to all of my web hosting accounts, to my PayPal accounts. They're very, very honest. So you hire them and, and as long as you treat them well in the Philippines, they'll never quit, which is a, a huge change from most other cultures where if they have a chance to go and do it on their own, they're going to do it on their own. That's not the case in the Philippines. They just want a job. They want a, a long-term stable job they can take home and support their families. Another really big one is the communication, communication issues. In the Philippines, they'll never tell you yes. They'll never say, yes, I'm working on it. Yes, it's going well, if it's not. And that's where so many of the outsourcing headaches have come in, you know, like the idea of outsourcing that, that are difficult. Some cultures, people will just say, you know, how's it going? Yes. Are you working on it? Yes. Is it going to be done on time? Yes. <laughs> a big problem, but they won't tell you. And in the Philippines, that's not the case. And that's a really, really big difference where, where they'll, never, they'll never mislead you. Yeah, that's a huge thing here in Asia, in Taipei. Or like, I guess Chinese culture, you just say yes, and then you, know, you kind of fix it without them knowing it. So you never like, kind of lose face. Or... <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but yeah, I see what you mean now. There's this huge cultural thing. And, and like in India, this goes back to the caste system. Like this is, this is thousands of years old where you're not allowed to cause a problem for a superior. If they told you something in communicating in a lot of Asian cultures, it's your responsibility to understand. It's not their responsibility to make sure that you understood. Where in American culture, it's your responsibility as the speaker to make sure that the other person understood. And if they didn't understand, it's the speaker's fault. And in the Philippines, that's the same way. Like in India, it's the listener's problem. If they didn't understand, it's their fault. And so they'll never say to you, oh, I didn't understand. Or they're not even allowed to say that to you. Or in the Philippines, that's different. If they didn't understand, they can come to you and say, do you know what? This isn't clear. That makes all, that makes so much of a difference. Yeah, that's huge because any issue that comes up, you basically kind of know right away, right? Yes. As long as you set the right expectations with them. So there, there are some issues with the Philippines where they're very non-confrontational. They don't want to disappoint you. So in, interesting thing about the Philippines is as a foreign boss, they look up to you. If you in, in Taiwan hire someone in the Philippines, they look up to you. You actually elevate their social status among their peers because they now have a foreign boss. If you're hiring from Europe or from the US or from Australia or Canada or UK or wherever you're hiring them from, as a foreign boss, they look up to you. Like they'll brag about you Friday night out with their friends, which I know sounds crazy, but I've seen this. What happens is because you elevate their social status and they don't want to disappoint you culturally, 
if they don't understand something, like they get stuck on a problem, what happens sometimes is they won't say anything to you. They won't tell you, yes, I'm working on it. They won't tell you, yes, everything's okay. They're just scared about disappointing you and getting fired. What you need to do is set the right expectations with them from the beginning saying, look, if you get stuck on something, I'm here to help. I, I will answer questions. I need to know that you are stuck. What I don't want you to do is don't disappear. You know, don't say nothing to me. I'm not going to fire you. Just come to me when you have a question. When, when you're stuck on something, come to me. And if you tell them set the right expectations, you shouldn't have this, any, any real problems like this where they get disappointed or where they, where they're embarrassed or so that, that'll solve a lot of problems. Interesting. So it's a matter of getting kind of your ground rules straight right in the beginning. So in the future, yeah. you, know, you don't run into these problems. Yeah. And it took me, it took, I can't even tell you how many years it took me to figure that out. <laughs> oh, interesting. And, and so what about retention? Because I mean, if the guy knows he's a superstar, he could always go some, to somewhere else that pays him more, right? Kind of what, what's, what's your thoughts about retention? With the Philippines, they're so loyal. It's almost a fault of theirs where like what you're saying, if that situation comes up, they're just loyal to you. Um, they'll stick with you unless you are causing problems, unless you're a bad boss, you know, like you're not reasonable or you yell at them or you get really upset about stuff. Like if they don't do something right, then you're pissed because they didn't do it right. You know, if you treat them well, this blows my mind how loyal they are. I have had, I've had two different people leave in the seven years I've been doing this. Right now I have 12 full-time VAs working for me in the Philippines. Over the last seven years, I've had two different people leave me and that's it. And those two, because they got jobs in Singapore making $2,500 a month, like I told you before. So they got jobs making five times as much as I was paying them. And still they told me, but, but, but sir, I'm still willing to work for you part-time at my current rate. How loyal they are. So they're, they're going to go take the other job, but they're still willing to work part-time you know, like 20 hours a week for $250 a month. That's how loyal Filipinos are. It's, it blows my mind. Yeah, that's, that's crazy because, um, you know, at my day job, we use some Chinese outsourcing agents and like, and they'll jump ship like so fast. And it's, it's so terrible to use them because any, anytime someone gives them more money, they'll just leave. I've probably helped, let's say 15,000 people hire Filipinos over the last four years. And never once have I heard of that happening. It, it, it's been a crazy ride for me uh, just kind of talking about this because, you know, I mean, what, what, I didn't set out to like find the awesomest outsourcing thing and then teach it to everyone ever. You know, I didn't set it. I just kind of stumbled into this. And it, it's still amazing to me, having done this for seven years, it's amazing to me how good this is. And, and so is the pricing range still around like 500 US for like your average VA or what's the pricing range? like one can expect when you're looking for it. 500 pretty high. I have 12, pe 12 full-time people that work for me. Their salaries range, oh, they're all full-time. Their salaries range between 200 and $750 a month for full-time work. On the high end, I have full-time amazing programmers. One of them is a programmer and a designer who's just unbelievably good at both. On the mid-range, I have writers. So like I have a uh, an amazing writer who writes more than anybody I've ever seen write and is perfect at it. And at $450 a month, I have another girl at, at 450 who is very similar to her, who's, uh, let's say, writing my personal blog posts. Wow, you can get them to do that too? Wow. <laughs> and, and I always 
modify edit them but yeah i mean she's this girl is uh she's doing video marketing for me so like uploading all my videos to youtube and and linking to them and linking to the links and uh she is publishing the books that i have on on kindle and ibooks and uh lulu and wherever where else create space i have a couple books sitting here on my desk that she published on create space for me so she's at 450 on uh, i have another programmer that we started at $300 so this is a this is a good answer to a question before that you had i have a really good programmer who started off at $300 a month and when he started he thought he was better than he was in the beginning, we, we ended up having to change his role because he wasn't capable of doing what he thought he was uh, and what we wanted him to do. Instead of having him doing programming, we had him do tech support on, on stuff. We had him do the technical customer support and he ended up actually like creating Facebook fan pages and doing some recruiting for us and answering technical support and dealing with some database issues and or like updating customers information. And that was probably four or five years ago. And today he has he's learned like he just took it upon himself to become better and better at programming in his own time today i can give him programming tasks and he's good and he also turns out to be a reasonable designer which i didn't know that in the beginning so you know now i can send him stuff and say like hey i want to change this page i want it to do this and i want it to look something like this or make it look better and he and he's capable of doing it which is awesome so that guy started at 300 dollars a month i believe he's at like 550 now if your ROI justifies, you know, the 500 bucks a month, which is, you know, it's pretty easy to do for anyone with a sustainable business. It's, it's like, why, why not, right? That, that's exactly right. That's, that's exactly right. Then the question becomes, how do you find these people? Like in the email you sent me, how do you find a reputable agency? Well, going through an agency isn't the best way to do this. It was seven years ago, but since then things have changed. So onlinejobs.ph, there are over 70,000 Filipino resumes there. The skills are just unreal. I, f I found the resume of the secretary to the president of the Philippine Stock Exchange. She has a resume there. And She's not cheap, but she's dang good. Online jobs is the biggest marketplace of for finding Filipinos. And they allow you, on online jobs, you can post jobs and get people to respond, or you can just look through the resumes and contact people. Here's, the, here's another crazy thing about this. You contact 30 people, seven of them respond to you. Why only seven? Well, because the other 23 of them already got jobs. And they're so loyal, they don't even respond to your email. They created a profile at Online Jobs. I don't know if I said this. It's onlinejobs.ph. It's a Philippines website. Everything's in English. They're so loyal, they won't even respond to you if they already have a job. And that's not always the case, but sometimes, you know, there's 70,000 resumes. You can find anything there. And then here's here's the, 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 the big deal of what you, you know, of hiring through an agency or not. This person, you're going to contact them directly. You're going to hire them and they're going to work from home. That's a dream. You know, everyone wants to work and, and even better than that, they get to work on their own hours. So, you know, if they're a night owl, they can work at night. If they love to get up in the morning, they can work in the morning. You're contacting them directly. So there's no, nobody else is taking a cut out of the salary. So like that first person that I told you about, I had hired him 750 bucks a month. They were paying him 250. I'd known how to contact that guy. I could have been paying him 250. I didn't know how. Today, I know how. Huh. All right. So, so when we're looking for a VA, and I, I remember you said uh, your second guy, you kind of had to train him up a little bit. So like when you're looking for a VA, would you pick kind of on their skill set or kind of their character and their ability to get molded into what you want to be? That is such a good question. And like I said before, everyone is different. For me, 
I prefer their character and being able to mold them. So like the girl that I, I told you about who, let's see, this girl is posting in forums, good at it. And she is publishing my ebook into digital, you know, Kindle, doing video marketing for me. And she she now tells me the plan. Well, when I hired her, really, I just knew she had really great English and she had worked for someone else before. I could tell that she was super intelligent. Everything I just told you, I've taught her how to do. That's what I prefer. Um, I do not prefer that with a programmer or a designer. Uh, you know, I, I want a programmer to know what they're doing. I don't want to mold them. I want them to do it well done. I don't want to have to mess with it, you know. But like building a website is a personal thing. You know, they may have their way of doing it. And I want it done differently and that's fine. I, I, want to, I want them to teach. I'd like them to have some skills. Now, a lot of other stuff like marketing Different people just do marketing differently and there's not a right or a wrong way. And, and depending on what that Filipino knows, it may not be your way. And so I, I prefer to teach them. So, so, so I guess you're saying if it's a hard skill set like programming, developing, you know, go with someone who knows what they're doing. But if it's like marketing or kind of other tasks, you can kind of just train them as how you want them to do it as yourself. hundred percent correct. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Very cool. And so in the case that, you know, some VAs don't work out, how do you bring this up to them? Or, you know, how, what's the communication process that you've gone through? <laughs> I hate this, dude. I hate this. <laughs> Um, I mean, like, how do you bring I, it up to them? Because there's, there's obviously like a cultural difference and like communication difference, right? Like, kind of just really briefly, like, you know, if this ever happens to someone, what can they expect? So I have I have two situations for this. I, I had a I had a project where I hired a programmer and she wasn't as good as she thought she was. And and she did the work on the project that I wanted. And, and, and it's 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 good enough, the programming that I wanted done. And I ended up telling her, you know, uh, we're going to kind of pause this project for a while it's it's where I, it's where I want it to be and so I don't need I don't need your services anymore and she was completely understanding okay well let me know if I can do anything else that was how I dealt with it only one other time in the seven years I've done this have I let someone go this girl that I ended up letting go she disappeared for three months and we were emailing her and she was still doing work for me she just wouldn't respond about certain things in the end, I figured out, oh, that's because you hate this task that I gave you and you don't want to do it. And I, okay, I understand, but you can't disappear. I actually had it face to face with her. Um, I went to the Philippines a couple of years ago and I had this conversation with her face to face and then she did it again for a couple of months. She disappeared and it was like, I can't do this anymore. This, this doesn't work. And, and I told her and, and she was pretty upset about it. So I mean, each situation is different and you know, those are certainly the hard it's decisions you have to make. It is. And it is difficult because you come to know and love these people. I mean, as they work for you, um, you know, they're never, they're never malicious or they're never like, I've never seen like egregious errors or mistakes or like, how could you do this? So letting them go is hard. And some people don't have an issue with it. And, and you know, I'm just different. And it sounds like they can do a lot of things. Right? Like, what are some things that you shouldn't have VAs do? Yeah, you know, my, my opinion of that has changed over, over time. I don't have them respond to my personal email. Okay, so they don't respond to my personal email, but I have had them filter my email, like log into my inbox and archive the emails that I've taught them that I don't want to see. I don't, I don't want these emails in my inbox in the morning. I want a clean inbox. You know, so yeah, like the mailing list stuff, all that. Yeah, yeah. some of that or, or I give them certain guidelines and go through it with them and, and we work through it over time. What would I not have them do? I don't have them 
creating marketing campaigns for me, like writing important sales copy. I do have a girl that writes sales copy for me and I taught her how to do it and it converts, but it's not the best sales copy ever, you know? And, and, and if it was something that was really important, I wouldn't have her do it. And so you, you mentioned you had a guy clean up your inbox for you. Can you just go into more detail? Cause it sounds interesting. And I think a lot of people have email problems. So yeah. I'm kind of curious to see what your process was. So what I, what I did with him was I said, you know, there, let's, I want to try this and we'll see how this evolves over time. Uh, I want you to log into my inbox and, and actually now he has to log into my desktop computer to do this because, you know, in Gmail, I, I turn on the two-step verification and otherwise he can't get into my email. So he actually logs into my desktop computer and gets into my inbox. And in the beginning, I told him, you know, there are certain kinds of emails that I don't want to see. They look like this and like this and like this and like this. If you have a question about it, you can use this the, the, the stars in Gmail and star it like this. And then I'll know you have a question about that. And then I'll, I'll let you know, like yes or no on that type of email. We went through that for a while. And, um, and, and then I would check all mail in Google just to see like, what did he archive that maybe shouldn't have been? And there were a couple times where he did and, and that's fine. And, and, but more often than not, it was, oh, here's another one that should have been archived that didn't you know, and he was just trying to be cautious with it. That's kind of the extent that that we took it. Over time, it evolved into like, how are you making decisions on what you're getting rid of and, and what you're not? Now he checks other email addresses and responds to them. It's customer support stuff that is intended to come to me sometimes, and, and he'll respond to what he knows. And if he doesn't know, he just forwards it to me. Most often what I do is I just respond as if I'm responding to the person, but I respond back to him. And he just copy paste and he forwards it back to you. Yes. And do you find that after a while they kind of learn how you think and they can just kind of emulate your mindset when they're doing these tasks? Not completely, but yeah, they they definitely get better at it and learn how you learn how you think. And that's why hire a full time VA instead of a contract worker because a contract worker will never learn that about you because they don't work for you long enough. They don't care. They don't they don't care about your business. And do most of these VAs only work for one person like you or whoever hires them? Or is it pretty normal to work for like two people? Or? That, that's a really great question. So I really, really want them to just work for me. And so as part of the recruiting and hiring process, that's that's part of what I'm looking at. I want to know what jobs you have. And then and then I tell them when I'm when I'm hiring them, I only want you to have one job and it's for me. And if you need more money, I want you to come and talk to me. You know, if you have financial issues, you come talk to me before going and getting another job. I have had people that have gotten other part time jobs. and I've had other people that have gotten full time jobs on top of my full time jobs. And it doesn't work. They end up slacking off. They end up doing less work. The, the work quality declines. And, and you know, you can tell when it happens. And so I approach them just straight up. What's going on? What? Tell me about your other job. What else are you doing? You know, why is your work quality declining? What can I do to help you? Almost always, I put place the blame on myself first. And I think a lot of people, you'll, you'll find that if you do this, you'll have a much better experience. If you place the blame on yourself first, saying, what are you struggling with that I need to help you with? What, can, what have I done that is not right? Yeah, instead of going like, why are you working two jobs? You know, blah, 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 you need to quit that other one. <laughs> blame yourself first and, and they'll, they'll try and be pretty honest with you. At least in my experience, they're, they're pretty honest with me, I think. So. <laughs> yeah, it makes more sense because long term, you don't want them to be working for two people while you're molding them to be such an integral part of your business too. So yeah, it's really that. That's yes. Say I found my VA. Uh, kind of what? What's the next step in terms of like onboarding? Like, do I just PayPal them money or like kind of what are the technical stuff that goes on? We pay people with payments.ph. 
there's a couple other options. You can PayPal money. Uh, PayPal is a little bit slower. Well, PayPal's a lot slower, actually. You know, when you're paying someone $400 a month and I pay once a month, I pay my people once a month, if it takes a couple extra days, it can become a really big problem. Um, PayPal also has a much lower exchange rate than other options. And that's a problem. You know, I mean, for them, if I send them this money and they and they get $3 less, it's not that big of a deal. Well, it kind of is. That $3 is like five meals. Five meals if they eat out. <laughs> you know? It's a big deal. So that exchange rate is a big deal. And PayPal is the lowest I've ever seen. Sometimes I send money with PayPal, but very rarely. So we recently switched to payments.ph. Payments.ph works from anywhere, at high exchange rate, low fees, lowest fees anywhere. Uh, it's, a, it's a really great situation. So then in terms of onboarding, it's different in the Philippines than elsewhere where uh, there is nothing. There's nothing else. You give them their first task. Like you recruit someone today, they can start tomorrow. They'll do the first task tomorrow. Well, you don't need to sign like legal documents with these guys or you just kind of just pay them and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like just on your word. <laughs> you know, you can use an employment contract with them if you want. I mean, you can have them sign an employment contract. How enforceable is it? I don't know. Uh, I've never done it. In terms of like tax documentation, they're in the Philippines. I'm in the U.S. They are a contract worker. There, there's no 1099 to send. It's just a tax deductible expense under subcontractors on, on my tax return. Oh, that's it's, so nice. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. It is so simple. And I've talked to numerous accountants about this, at, at least, you know, here in the U.S. There's nothing else. It's a straight up expense. And that's it. Huh, interesting. All right. And so I'm curious, how did the you know 15,000 people you've helped get VAs? Uh, how like each person do they hire like one VA? Or are they using like two or three now? Or what's the average user count they're having? I don't have a number for that. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how people start and and how I recommend you start. I recommend you start go and hire one. Hire one single person to do one single task. And it's and that task should be something that you are currently doing. Something that you know how to do. Something that you're doing in your business that if you can get them to do it, now you have one less thing to do. And you just replaced yourself. And then when they're good at that one task that you were doing, now they're doing it, then you give them another task and you give them another task. And, and over time, you know, in three months, they're doing three or four things for you that you were doing. And all of a sudden you freed up yourself to do more important things in your business, like make more sales, like implement a new marketing process or source new products or whatever it is. When that person is busier than they can be, <laughs> go hire someone else. And now you can give hire that person to do other tasks or you can hire them to do the same task and you have two people doing the same sets of tasks and you're just doing more of it or they're getting better at it or whatever it is. That's how I've done this and that's how I've seen most people succeed at this is, is by hiring them one at a time and helping that individual person that you just hired get good at what they're doing. I definitely recommend when you teach someone something, keep your training because what you're saying about how many people, most people end up hiring more than one. I talk to numerous people on a regular basis and you know they start off with one and they have six people working for them now. Now. Or I talked to a guy recently who said he has 50 people working for him in the Philippines and everyone's business is different. But yeah, you're good. If you, if you hire one and, and you're, and you have a sustainable business, you're going to hire another one. And, and so I guess if you're just starting out, you could also see it as investment, just kind of like to see, you know, learn how to work with someone as a staff too, right? For someone completely green. Yeah. You know, that was, that was the thing about the, the four hour work week, which you talked about. He said in there, he said, just give it a shot. See if it works. 
that pushed me over the edge to doing something. And I remember that. Just give it a shot. See if it works. Because if this works, I mean, if it is what I just said it is, which, you know, everything's not always as smooth as, as I might make it sound. And, and, and I've tried to, you know, know that everything might not work exactly as you think it might in the beginning. But if these Filipinos are, are what, what I say they are, then, and you have a sustainable business, over time, what happens and what I have done is I've stepped away from my business where I have these Filipinos doing the work and I play golf every day. I work on my business, not in my business anymore. The more that you can kind of train them and manage and be a part of that process, the more you can kind of step away and let them do the work. And and it really just starts with that first step. Take, take the leap, you know, because it, it's a leap. So if I'm getting this right, you're basically hiring your first one to do tasks that are repetitive so you can focus on growing the business and you keep snowballing it until it kind of runs itself and you can just take yourself out of the picture. Yes, except for the repetitive part. Everything about what you said is yes. Replace repetitive with tasks that you're currently doing. And when maybe you're doing a repetitive task and definitely give them that repetitive task. But where I think people find the biggest benefit here is in replacing themselves. In getting that Filipino VA to do something that you are doing and now you don't have to do that thing anymore and so that that's the first task that i would give them is something you're trying to do yourself it's it's not hard it just it it does take time it kind of sounds like it's a magic bullet you know like this magic filipino talent force and they're gonna do everything for you and everything is wonderful and and that's not how it is you know i mean that's somewhat how it is, but it's going to take effort. I have all these processes that we do, and but I've been doing this for seven years. And over time, the process has evolved, and, and we get better at them, and, but it really is good. Right, and so uh, where can we find your websites online if the audience wants to check out some of your projects? This is the what we haven't talked about. You know, in all this, we've talked about training people. Years ago, I realized that over the, that over the years, I had created all kinds of training to give to my VAs, and that training was very relevant to other people and their businesses. And so I made, I've made that training available at replacemyself.com, where I teach a lot of what we just talked about, and, and I teach it for free, and then we sell training to give to your VAs. So there is, there is extra training. You know, we've gone an hour and 10 minutes, and there's no way to cover everything about this in an hour. Uh, Replace Myself is is a site where you can get more training for yourself on how to become an expert at this. And then the really big thing about it is it's training to give to your Filipino VAs, hand, like hand them off training modules so that you want to get your Filipino doing press releases, for example. We, we actually don't have this one in there right now, but based on what we've done, what I just told you, we're, we're really close to adding a training module of how to do press releases. And, and, you know, it's like the process that we developed for ourselves and we're going to let other people get that training or how to do SEO or how to do article marketing or video marketing or Facebook marketing or, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that we've done for ourselves that we then sell those training modules so that you can hand them off to your Filipino VA so that you don't have to create the training. For me, everything in business is about making my life easier. How much can I automate this process and this this income stream. I've, I've tried to take that part of my business and my life and make it available to other people to make it as easy as possible for someone else to do this. So I've taken my trainings, which are designed to be given to my Filipinos and made it available to you for you to give to your Filipinos so that you don't have to go through the, the difficulty of, 
of training and, and that, that whole process. So the whole point of replace myself is how can I make it as easy as possible to replace myself and for you to replace yourself so that you can play golf or, or whatever you want to do. Yeah. And it's this, it's the opportunity cost, or I guess opportunity cost of freedom that kind of snowballs itself that allows the business to keep growing, right? By kind of freeing yourself from these tasks. That- yeah would hold you back. Yeah. And then, and then your brain is really good at solving other problems when it's given the chance, when it's, when it's given the chance to think about other things instead of thinking about the, the task that it is now. And I, I remember you said you had a couple other websites that we can find you at. Uh, so let's just want to follow your blog or anything. What's the website? I blog about this at jonasblog.com. You know, my thoughts on Philippines outsourcing or on internet business. Um, uh, johnjonas.com is just kind of more about me and my projects and that will link to replace myself or my blog or- alright I think I'm done with questions thank you so much John this has been so helpful and I'm sure anyone listening who is looking to get into outsourcing will get a lot from this so. alright thanks so much John and I'll keep in touch thanks Terry To get more information about running an online store, visit our website at buildmyonlinestore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast.